This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by my friends at The Rope Trainer. Make sure you check out theropetrainer.com today. As our friend John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. So check out The Rope Trainer today. A special, uh, uh, always special thanks to Earl Perrin, Chris Vernon, and of course, John Smoltz as they continue in their pursuit to uh, address the young arm problem that we have across this country that's turned into a big boy arm problem and, of, uh, and, and worldwide really now as they continue to grow and expand and share their product all over the globe. On the heels, of course, of their data research that has shown that the rope trainer definitely helps. It definitely uh, provides a safe environment for kids, gives them an opportunity to strengthen their arm while saving those precious bullets. So make sure you check out theropetrainer.com today. Um, I usually start off by saying I'm excited about the show today, but this is going to sound odd when I say I'm not. Um, It's sad that I'm going to have to have this conversation today. Uh, Most of you are going to be familiar, if you care at all, and I would assume that most people listen to this show, listen to it because they care about what's going on with this game and they're looking for a better way. Now, I'm also not naive enough not to know that there's probably guys listening to this show that badmouth me every week and... Again, I've been called a communist. I don't care about winning and stuff like that, which is, again, I say it, it's the farthest thing from the truth. But the but the the, the stories, and again, I'm going to say this too. I'm going to talk about the story about the two youth coaches in New Hampshire. If you're not familiar with it, just Google uh, youth baseball coaches, New Hampshire, uh, little girl, okay? <laughs> and and you should find it. Um, that's, that's what's great about Google. Um, you know, I... I'm going to say that since this is highlighted that it's probably an isolated incident for things like this, but we can't be naive and not realize that we've got a problem all over the place. Now, again, it's a, it's a, it, I hope it's a smaller percentage that makes the rest troublesome, right? I mean, that old 20, 60, 20 rule applies to a lot of things in life. you got 20% of people involved in something that do all the work. They're really what drives the, the bus. Then you got 60% that are kind of hangers on. You know, they'll do whatever you ask them to do. They just want to do their, you know. And then you got 20% that, you know, they bring the whole thing down. And that's just life, okay? If you find a situation where you don't have that, you've got 100% in anything you do. 100% all going the same way, all the same dream, all the same uh, motive, all the same wants and desires and, and, and just great good for you. It does happen. It's not that it doesn't. I'm obviously I'm talking about the, the majority, but that's just how it seems to go. Um, just look around and ask yourself if it's not true. But um, but this story has got my head spinning, and I've got to talk about it today because it made me realize that it's not just the story. This thing really, really um, links into what I believe is a problem that we have when it comes to coaching. Not just this isn't just a baseball problem. And so I want to talk about it today. And again, I typically say I'm excited about today's show. I'm not excited about it. I'm not excited that we have to talk about this. But as I always say, we have to talk about it. Otherwise, how do we fix it? How do we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, you know, maybe I'm 
doing a little bit of this. And while I may not be the nut job, I may not be over the top, I may not be psycho, maybe I have some things that I'm doing that kind of, while not extreme, are causing me not to be the best I can be at what I'm doing when I'm sitting here asking a bunch of 9, 10, 11, 12, 16, 18-year-old kids, whatever they are, adults, young adults, to be their best. So anyway, thought I'd talk about it today is it's 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 just I, I can't get it out of my mind after seeing this. So before we do, I want to remind everybody uh, who we are. Check us out, youthbaseballtalk.com. Numerous things you can do there. First thing we're going to ask you to do there is subscribe to the show. It's absolutely free. You'll get a notification every time the show is released. A lot of you have done that, and uh, it, it helps, and, and we appreciate it. Uh, the other thing you can do there uh, is listen to this show. Of course, some of you are doing that, but... You can listen to all the back episodes. The last four years, you can go back and listen to any show you want. You can just you keep scrolling down, and you can go to the next page. You can find some of the great guests we've had, some of the topics that we've addressed. Maybe they apply to you. I say it all the time. We still have people listening to the first show we did four years ago, and I'm grateful for it, and I appreciate it. Um, the other thing you can do if you really want to help the show, a lot of you are shopping, buying things on the Internet. If you're doing it through Amazon, if you go to youthbaseballtalk.com, click Amazon, uh, you're done with us. Doesn't cost you anything extra. We get a very small referral for you going through our website and buying what you were going to buy anyway on Amazon. And again, it doesn't cost you anything. It just, in the end, those pennies here and there kind of all add up and they help us a little bit with production costs. So we'd appreciate it if you don't mind helping us out. Um, social media, uh, we'd appreciate a follow. Uh, you can find us. Uh, we're gaining a lot of traction on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Uh, same thing with Instagram. You can find us, Youth Baseball Talk. Um, my big ask, though, is, guys, if you haven't done it already, um, go to Facebook, type in Youth Baseball Talk, like our Facebook page. But more importantly, if you could, um, once you like our page, if you would click Invite Your Friends, they now have a button to invite all your friends if you want to do that. If you don't and just want to invite people that you know are involved in youth baseball, I'd appreciate that as well. Special thanks goes out to lineupmedia.fm, fastest-growing podcast company on the planet, now home to Yo! Radio. Everybody's got some sort of streaming device on their, their, their mobile device or in their car to listen to, like, digital radio. Uh, Yo! Radio is the newest one, and I'm telling you, you guys are going to love it. There's going to be a baseball channel on there. They're working on that right now. Lots of great things going on. Make sure you guys check out Yo! Radio. Uh, download it. Give it a listen. Great stations on there. Um, again, I think you're going to enjoy it, and, and we appreciate everything they do here. So if you could do that, we'd, we would appreciate it. My producers, Brian Crock, Andrew Allen, thank you for all you do. Um, couldn't do the show without you. And, uh, you know, and again, throughout the show, I'll talk about some of our sponsors and, and throw them the thanks as well. You know how much I appreciate them, and I definitely want to make sure you, you give them an opportunity. Um, each week, we start off with our featured uh, sponsor, and this week, uh, you know, for the last few weeks, we've been featuring Precision Impact. I want to make sure, as we'll change every month, so for this month, it's Precision Impact. I want to ask you to check them out, precisionimpact.ca. Uh, don't forget, very streamlined company. They're automated. They they automated their business by outsourcing all their warehousing and shipping to a third-party logistics company. That helps keeps the prices down for you guys. So make sure you check it out. Very few products. They focus on what they're doing. So therefore, uh, they take feedback very well. Uh, if 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 they you know some of these devices and or some of these tools, I'm sorry that they have that people purchase. If there's something about it that they think could be better or something they'd like to see, all you gotta do is shoot them a note, guys, because you know they're very streamlined. They're very focused on what they do. They try to do it and do it well. So check it out. Make sure you get a hold of them. For uh, for a limited time, though, when you order your stuff through precisionimpact.ca, uh, you can receive an additional 10% by in the coupon area just typing in Youth Baseball Talk. You'll receive an additional 10%. And uh, let's face it, when you're 
operating on a budget with a team or in your household and, and you're you're trying to help your son or daughter become the best player they can be. We could all use the extra extra cash in our pockets. So make sure you check them out again. That's precisionimpact.ca. Uh, everybody's been enjoying the segments from Dirk Dombrowski. Everybody appreciates his enthusiasm. Uh, let's go to Dirk now with his precisionimpact.ca tip of the week. Take it away, Dirk. Hey everybody, welcome to Precision Impact. My name is Dirk and on today's segment, we're going to talk about body language. You're going to hear this from coaches throughout your entire career about how important controlling your body language is and to make sure that you're emitting the right types of body language. Now, even at my level where I'm coaching them, some younger kids, body language is absolutely crucial. It will prepare them for the years of college or uh, elite level baseball that's coming and it's important that to make sure that you're able to control that body language. Uh, coaches at all levels when they're scouting or looking for prospects, body language is probably number one or up there on their list in terms of things that they're looking for. They wanna see if, how players handle adversity. They, want on, uh, they wanna see how pitchers handle you know, struggling on the mound. No matter what position you're in, if you botch a ball in the outfield or you boot a ball in the infield, coaches especially uh, scouting coaches are looking for how do you handle that kind of struggle. So it's important to remember that you know, when something happens to not necessarily show it to the entire world, um, it's really important to just you know, get over that speed bump, to overcome that thing that just happened. You, know, you happen to walk the wrong guy or give up a home run, you know, ask for the ball back, get back on that mound and get back to what your job is. Your job is not to, to act childish or to emit a lot of bad body language, it's to do exactly what your coach instructs you to do, which is hopefully throw strikes, get the ball in play, you know, get some outs, kind of things like that. So, you know, body language is very underrated. I don't think enough players realize just how important college coaches, coaches look for that. That can be a huge determining factor as to whether or not you're playing or whether or not you're sitting, or if you're saying sitting, is that going to get you into the game? Body language between innings, whether you're not batting or not, to make sure you're supporting your teammate and not pouting on the bench because you're not playing or because you had a bad at bat. You know, that's also a huge part of being a good teammate is to admit positive body language. If you're a pitcher and your shortstop happens to boot a ball, you know, and you know, maybe you can notice that he's struggling a little bit. Maybe as a pitcher, you can go over and build some confidence in him or, you know, reassure him that, hey, you know, the next ball is coming to you. Make sure that you've got it. Um, you know, same thing goes for a guy at first base. If, you know, if you happen to throw a ball to him and he happens to boot it uh, coming from anywhere in the infield, you know, reassure him that, hey, that's okay. We're going to get the next guy. You know, bad body language is going to happen from time to time. It's just going to make sure that it, you can control it. I love intensity. I love passion. I love energy from players. Just as long as it's not conveyed through bad body language. You know, I'm an intense player myself, and, you know, I find it really tough not to admit bad body language. But I have to keep reminding myself that it just doesn't help. Remind yourself that, or ask yourself that in the middle of the game, is, is throwing your helmet or spiking your bat into the ground really helping? I know you're frustrated, but at the same time, you have to remain calm and collected. A lot of those kinds of emotions, a lot of those kinds of actions actually fuel the other team. And it's important to, to, to not give them any advantage. So if you're a hitter and you strike out, you know, hustle your way back in the dugout, maybe stalk along the way to the next guy on deck and tell him some of the things you saw and help your next teammate out in, in the hopes that he can kind of pick you up. Don't give the opposing team that satisfaction of knowing that they've frustrated you. 
right? Whether it's at the plate or if they if, if they hit a ball and you boot it, you know what? Just get back in your position. Realize that you know hopefully the game has not been uh, ended because of that simple error, and the ball will come to you again. It always finds you when you least suspect it or when you least want it. So if you happen to make a mistake, don't hope that the ball goes to somebody else next time. Want the ball back to you so you can figuratively get back up on that horse and build your confidence and get back to where you were before that error happens. Um, body language is something that coaches should really make sure that they control and nip in the butt early so that it just doesn't become a habit. You know, if I see bad body language, I'll kind of pull somebody aside and, and remind them that it, it, this whole game is part of struggling. It, it's all about failure and it's all about trying to overcome that failure and it just doesn't help you by showing it. Um, and so, you know, don't try to make a spectacle of it. Don't really embarrass a child if, if they're doing that. Pull them aside, you know, sternly express to them some of the things I've talked about here and how important having good body language is. And hopefully they clean that up a little bit and go back to being a really good quality baseball player. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns regarding the video, leave them down below. Thanks. Great stuff as always. And again, um, just a great couple of guys. I had a great time meeting them and getting to know them. Um, it was at the ABCA. Uh, I know it was their first ABCA. They were blown away by it, and, and they won't miss one either going forward. Again, just tremendous stuff. We enjoy uh, en enjoyed getting to know one another. And again, great guys that are doing things for the right reasons up there in the great country of Canada. So again, and yeah, they do play baseball in Canada. We know they do. You guys hear from uh, uh, my good friend Kurt McNabb every week. So uh, you understand that the passion runs deep up there as well. So um, thanks to them, and, and again, give them an opportunity, precisionimpact.ca. Okay, let's get to what's on my mind this week. Um, if you haven't done it yet, and again, I know you guys like to follow along. So again, if you've Googled this, deadspin.com has, the, has a, the story. It was by, uh, written by Chris, Chris Thompson. The gist of this is, is this, okay? In New Hampshire, some youth baseball coaches got together and decided that uh, there was a one girl left in the league. And we all know that typically, uh, if, if you've noticed at all in your little leagues, uh, where most people start before they, they join the, the select world, um, you know, boys and girls play baseball together. It's, it's, I, I'd say it's fairly common. Um, as girls get older, some of them gravitate towards softball. I have seen numerous girls that just want to play baseball. Um, it, it's not a lot. When I when I say numerous, I mean numerous over the years. It's I, it's not something that's a once in a blue moon thing. It seems like every year you notice this one girl who's a good athlete, loves the game, um, just wants to play baseball instead. And hey, okay, what's wrong with that? Why is that wrong? Number one, I'm going to ask that question, and we'll come back to that. But number two, um, I I don't understand why this would be a problem for anybody. Most of all. The people that we have entrusted to lead the kids. And when I say lead, obviously I mean coach. Okay? So these two yo-yos, yahoos, whatever you want to call them, I will call them idiots. And if they ever if this ever gets back to them, I'll welcome you to come on, on the show if you'd like and try to defend this. Okay? These two guys, I you know, I, I can picture them too. And I know that's stereotypical, but um, I, I can picture them. Because I've seen them. So have you. We've seen them, right? Um, you know, they show up to the league meeting, and these two guys get the bright idea, and they think they're going to get the other coaches on board with this because they think everybody's an idiot, not just them. 
they get the bright idea that um, if the girl won't voluntarily leave their sport alone and go play softball like she's supposed to, that they're going to help her with her decision by beating her every time she comes up with a baseball. Now, I ask you to say that out loud like I just did. I've read this thing a few times, and it's disturbing. I just said it out loud for the first time. It makes me want to cry. It makes me want to hit something. It makes me, I'm an eye for an eye guy. I'll just let you guys know that. I don't know if you know that or not, but I'm an eye for an eye guy. Okay, I'm an Old Testament guy. Um, I personally think that the only, I think two things need to happen to both these adults. And here's the thing. There were some, thank God for a couple of, and this is what I talk about, right? It's 20, 60, 20, right? There was a meeting with all these coaches, so everybody heard it, but a couple of guys stepped up and said, hey. They went to somebody and said, hey, what? What's going on with this? I mean, what are we going to do about this, right? So there were some other guys in the room, evidently, that didn't say anything. They just didn't want to be part of it. See what I'm saying with the 20-60-20? Okay? So a couple guys said, whoa, 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 hang on a minute, right? So luckily, these guys did the right thing, and it got out, right? So here's the thing. There's a, Number one, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to, I want to talk about the why, but i got to get this off my chest. The only punishment for these two yahoos, idiots, I would personally like to give Noah Syndergaard a call. Um, Aroldis Chapman, Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals, a couple of guys like that. These two knuckleheads need to go stand in the box, and they need to get drilled up high. And let's see how they like it. Because let me tell you something. When you're a 10-year-old girl or an 11-year-old girl and you're standing in that batter's box 46 feet away or 50, whatever it is at 11 in their little league, that's what it's like. I don't give a crap if that kid – that's what it's like for these kids when they stand in that box and they get drilled, okay? So I think they should experience exactly what they wanted to do to this little girl. Then when they're done and they get out of the hospital and they're – after their jaw's been wired shut and they've lost some weight um, because they have been eating – they haven't eaten solid food in a long time, if they can remember any of the dumb thing they did – They should be banned from baseball fields forever. And here's the sad thing about these two guys. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You know what the saddest part is? Both these guys have have a son probably playing baseball. Can you only imagine what's going on at that house every night? How sad is this? So my question is this. Have we lost our minds? In what world are we, and I'm going to say we because I've done some dumb things. Okay, nothing to that extent, okay? But I I had to look at myself sometimes and say, have I lost my mind? Who the hell do I think I am? I'm I'm a youth baseball coach. I don't care what level I'm playing. I don't care how good my team is. Who the hell am I? I'm just a, a, just a guy. And let me tell you something. That applies to the guy that's coaching that made $100 million playing baseball. That applies to the guy that, you know, got 15 days in the show. That applies to the guy that was blocked and never got his chance and is carrying a grudge. You know, the guy that got cut because it was political. The guy that was good enough, but, man, just had those injuries. Um, you know, the guy that it just didn't work out. It, it applies to everybody. Who the hell are we? We're a youth baseball coach. Listen, if you want to take it that serious, how about take coaching that serious and do a good job? Quit being a know-it-all. Quit 
This story blows my mind. In what world do we live in where two grown-ass men would decide that this is a good idea? This breaks my heart. Because let me tell you something. What else do you think these two yahoos would do? And here's the problem, folks. While this is a quote-unquote isolated incident, they're out there. Don't think they aren't. That's why we got to keep doing the show every week. We got to talk about it. That's why I ask you every week. This is my only ask of you if you enjoy the show every week. This is my only ask, okay? My ask is to like us on social media, which is, you know, Twitter's at Podcast Baseball. Facebook is Youth Baseball Talk, okay? That's my only ask. Then, or Not my only. My only ask is to like us there, and then I want you to invite people to like us. I need you to share the show when I post it on Twitter, when I post it on Facebook, and you see it, okay? And the only way to make sure you see it on Facebook is to follow us or to go to our Facebook, because Facebook screwed everybody. We know that, right? So go to Youth Baseball Talk every week and share my show in hopes of reaching people and making a difference. It's the only way it's going to happen. Okay, I, we need more people talking. And here's the thing. At what juncture have I ever said, no, you're not allowed to come on here. No, you're not allowed to write me. No, you're not allowed to disagree with me. Never. Some of my best shows, some of my best conversations have been people that disagreed with me. Now, I may disagree with them. They may disagree with me. I'm telling you, ninety over 90% of the time, we wind up realizing where the other one's coming from. And I'd like to believe we both were better for it at the end of the conversations. I've had very few conversations with people in my four years of doing this where it went what I would call nowhere. I've had them. They're that, listen, I'd be living in dreamland, rainbow land, if I was, you know, if, if I had never had a, a disagreement about a topic that always got resolved and everybody went off to be better men. No, it just doesn't happen. But in this instance right here, we're talking about two grown men that took it upon themselves to show a little girl that she didn't belong. Now, um, you know, we got a lot of problems. You know, we got race problems. We got religion problems. We got uh, sexist problems. We got a lot of problems, right? Um, But let me tell you something. This is a problem. This is a problem, too. This is no different. The situation could be reversed. It could be two women doing it to a little boy who wants to be a cheerleader. It could be, um, it could be teachers trying to get rid of a kid in an academics environment that he that they don't think is worth their time. It could be anything. It happens. Don't think it doesn't happen. If you think it doesn't happen, you've got your head buried in the sand. You got to open your eyes and see what's going on here. I want to thank the the gentleman that stepped up and spoke up about this. Because it's evident to me by reading the story that I'm not quite sure everybody stepped up. How do we? How did we get here? Now, here's what I see. Certain people, like here's the thing: certain people shouldn't be baseball coaches. Certain people shouldn't be police officers. Certain people shouldn't be teachers. Certain people shouldn't be in management. Certain people, but that's you know I'm not sure we're ever going to fix that. Right? All we can do is try to be better and try to help people and hope that people get it and they have epiphanies and they, they learn and they have open minds. The open mind thing is where we're really going with this, right? If you're a coach with a closed mind, quit today. 
my only ask ever is if you're listening to this show and you're sitting there going, this, you're, if at any juncture during my shows, if you're closing me off, quit because you automatically qualify as the guy with the closed mind. Open your mind. You have to. You have to. Let me ask you, which coach, let me, I want to know what coach you've ever read about, listened to, uh, learn, uh, learned about through a, a show, uh, social media, whatever it may be. I want to know which coach you've ever gotten to, to know something about that told you he got to where he got by ignoring everybody, by never learning, by always being right. I, I Please let me know who that is. Because every great coach I've ever read a story about, listened to, do an interview, um, read, a, read about in a book, researched, whatever, has always said, we're always adapting, we're always learning, we're always, we're learning just as much from the players as they're learning from us. Now, at no time in this discussion did I not say that the coaches shouldn't be, shouldn't be demanding, shouldn't, ex, shouldn't have expectations, shouldn't be stern at times, shouldn't, shouldn't uh, uh, hold people accountable. I never said that, never said that. Shouldn't want to win, never said that. Never said it, never once came out of my mouth. You can do it all, but at what price? These gentlemen were going to fix their league, and I, in quote, I'm making air quotes with their league, like it's theirs, right? They made a conscious decision to fix their league with an asinine idea. They were going to fix it. Boy, I'd love to meet these two yahoos. But here's the problem, and here's where we fall short as people involved in this game. To think for one minute they are the only two yahoos out here capable of doing that and more is ignorant. Some of you listening to this show are playing for that guy. Yes, you are. It's inevitable. Nobody goes through this thing unscathed and perfect, unfortunately. At some time or another, you will feel slighted. You will feel uh, shorted. You will feel taken advantage of you. Now, that's emotionally. Now, you know, I can't look back at my tenure as a youth baseball coach for both of my kids and not think. And, and I feel like, except for the mistakes I made as a coach, I felt like the team aspect was pretty good. But to imagine for one minute that everybody was happy 100% of the time and everything was rainbows and puppy dog tails would be ignorant. It just is. We become emotionally invested because it's our kids and we feel like it's our responsibility to protect them, to make excuses for them to do things. These guys decided that they were going to dictate how things go in their league and not only were they going to, at the end of the day, prevent a little girl from playing the game of baseball, they were also going to do it by physical force. Here's the worst part of this whole story. Okay, These men, these tough guys... They didn't have the balls, okay? They're wrong, number one. Let's just say it. They didn't, they didn't even have the balls to be wrong and just own it themselves. They were going to use an 11-year-old boy to do their dirty work. So let me ask you this. How do you think this goes in our world today? You walk out. You walk out to the mound. Kids baseball game, 11-year-old. I, I, don't, I don't know her name. Let's say her name is Lucy. Because I love, I love uh, Charlie Brown, and Lucy was a pretty good hit. Not Lucy. Uh, 
Oh, golly, I feel awful right now. Um, you know what? I'm going to have to ask you. Um, I'm going to have to ask you to give me a second because i got to look it up. I cannot believe. Well, it's been a while. Uh, it is Lucy. I was right. Okay. Lucy was a good hitter. If you ever followed Peanuts, I was getting Lucy and Sally confused. I'm sorry. Sally was no baseball player. Lucy was a good hitter. Okay. I'm telling you, they decided that they were going to hit Lucy. At some juncture, let's just say, it doesn't even matter when it happened, but let's just imagine that the, this guy called timeout and went, went out to the mound and looked at this 11-year-old boy and said, I want you to hit her and I want you to throw it as hard as you can. <laughs> I mean, I, you got somebody help me here. Somebody help me. Now, here's the funny thing about this. It's not funny. I'm sorry. It's not funny. Here's the scary thing about this. I am talking about this today because somebody in their mind was going to go out and ask an 11-year-old boy to throw an object at an 11-year-old girl, all because they didn't want her playing baseball. How many guys are asking 11-year-old boys to throw at 11-year-old boys because they wronged them on a baseball field or didn't like the way things are going? If you don't think that goes on every day, you're nuts. So I'm back to the original statement. Have we lost our minds? At what juncture did being a youth baseball coach give you the right to be an ignorant ass? Because that's what you are. Don't give me some bullshit about how you played in the big time and this is how it's done and this is how we make men. I'm a man. I played sandlot baseball the majority of my youth and never threw a ball at anybody. And let and I'm gonna tell you right now, I didn't grow up in the best neighborhood. It was a tough neighborhood. I got picked on. I got beat up quite a bit because I was a small kid and ran my mouth all the time. I'm not saying I deserved it, I'm just giving you the scenario. But never once on the baseball field did anybody ever throw a baseball at me to try to get me to quit or because they I mean you got to be kidding me with it. I mean, this story's almost – it's almost like a poor Lifetime movie. I, I don't understand. I just don't understand. I I would I, – I would love, love, love to talk to these two yahoos. I can only imagine. I really can. I, I would love to know what in the world has given anybody the right to feel like as a youth baseball coach, it is well within your rights to dictate who can and do what. Much less take it to this extreme. I mean, this is crazy. So again, I have to ask, and, and again, I, I'd love some feedback on this from people. You know, if you've heard some some stories, again, they're not pleasant to talk about, but we don't move forward unless we talk about them and try to find a way to tell people, look, these are the things you might be looking for. Like again, I say it all the time. If you're a parent or, or a coach or assistant coach, you have to be on the lookout for these things because there isn't, you know, that's the check and balance, right? I say all the time, in my area, there's been a few coaches that are every year somehow have teams. Every year, a bunch of parents believe this guy's bullshit. Every year. You know, I, here's the thing. I'm going to say this, and I some it I can't not say it. You might be listening to this show. You might be a fan of the show, and I'm going to say this. And you're going to go, wait a minute. 
That's us. But I'm going to be honest with you. There's two things you have to look out for, and I'm going to give you the, the two biggest things. Number one, if you're a coach, okay, and you're having tryouts, or maybe you're that, maybe you're the guy that loves to have tryouts every year. That's fine. I, I don't have any problem with it. I personally couldn't do it, but if that's you, and everybody knows the parameters going in, as long as you're honest, no problem. Do what you got to do. You do you. I always say that. But if you're a coach, and these kids are trying out, and if you're smart, you're asking questions, getting background. One of the questions to be, you know, who'd you play for last year? You know, who have you played for? And when the kid shows up that's plays for a different team every year, that's a red flag. There's a reason. Now, every blue moon you may come across some kid that just, you know, there's a good reason for it. In my experience, 90-plus percent of the time, there's a reason that kid switches teams every year. And I don't even have to say it out loud. Okay? Now, on the flip side, if you're a parent and you're about to sign your kid up for a baseball team, I sure hope that you didn't do it because of the name across the front of the jersey or you like this. I sure hope you did some research into the coach. And if the coach is coaching different kids every year, I'm going to tell you, okay, there's a reason for that. Okay? Very simple, guys. This is not rocket science. Open your eyes. Okay? I can't tell you the number of people, okay, that I have conversations with locally. Now, these are local conversations. There are people I know. And I wind up almost feeling like a jerk because I wind up at some juncture conversation saying, what did you expect? What did you expect? Now, at the end of the day, these people feel like they were lied to and, and, and deceived. And yes, they were. Did you allow yourself to be lied to and deceived because you were more consumed with making a team or – the, or it was named this, and everybody knows this is I, – I, there are certain guys I don't know how they have a team every year. I'll never understand it. I've watched it happen. And there's a, there was a part of me at that time that wanted to go to people and say, are you out of your mind? But, you know, you, you start wondering, am I overstepping my boundaries just as a human being, as a person? I mean, what – you know, I, it's not – is it my lot in life to be – you know, and, and hey, maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I, same thing with coaches. I've had the same conversation with coaches. Yeah, man, you should see this kid we picked up, man. He's really, really good. And in my mind, I know who it is, and I'm sitting there going, you know, there's a reason he switches teams every year. You know, he's, he's going he's gonna to be all over you. He's going to be hanging around the dugout. Every time his kid doesn't bat third or play shortstop, he's going to be sending you an email. Um, when you try to discipline his kid, he's going he's gonna to be upset at you. You can't talk to his kid about this. He's going to be coaching him from the stand. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And every year he's going to go find a better situation because this one didn't allow him to do exactly what he wanted to do. That's typically the reason. These two guys, see, here's the problem. These two guys will probably wind up coaching baseball again at some juncture because the system is set up to allow them to do so. Now, unless somehow there's criminal charges, for, I don't know. I, I can't even get into that because I don't know, and I'm not going to speak about something I don't know. But it just seems like these guys resurface because we allow them to. God only knows. Maybe they played some college ball or, oh, God forbid, they signed a pro contract and played a year in single rookie ball. Because we all know that those guys have to know what they're doing, right? Because they made it to the they made it to minor league baseball, or they played in college. They have to be good at it. 
I'll say it again. No disrespect to you out there if you don't fit this. Some of the worst coaches I've met are the guys that played at the higher levels. They fit this mold right here. Know-it-alls, going to do it. They're going to tell you how wrong you are and how you don't know what you're talking about. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've been a part of it. And again, this is stereotypical because it's not all. It's probably not. It's not even the majority. That's not even my point. But my point is we allow it to happen because we don't want to stand up and do the research and say, hey, what's going on here? And that's all I'm saying. So, again, read this article. Look at, look at yourself in the mirror if you're a coach and say, I mean, I've never wanted to be in a little girl. I've never – I would never do that. I'd never do that. But, man, am I a control freak? Am I – just ask yourself, am I doing this for the right reasons? Just ask. That's all I'm saying. Because I had to ask myself that question, and I wasn't sure of the answer the first time I ever asked myself. I didn't like the answer, to be honest with you, the first time I ever asked myself that question. I absolutely did not like the answer. After answering it, I didn't like what I saw. And what I saw was my reflection in the mirror, folks. And I vowed that day to be different. I vowed that day to be better. Now, I didn't vow that day to be perfect, although maybe I did. And if I did, I fell short because you can't be. But, I mean, I, I felt like I was better, better every day. And by the time I was done with it, while, again, looking – I still look – I look back on my last season coaching, and I think of all the mistakes I made. But, man, they weren't on the level of the mistakes I made uh, uh, when I first started. So, again, it's, it's self-evaluation, folks. And in this instance, I'm going to ask you to self-evaluate. I'm going to ask you to self-evaluate how you're parenting in the baseball world. I'm going to ask you how your, how your involvement is in your team. I'm going to ask you as a coach to evaluate how you're coaching. You have to continually do this to make sure we're doing it for the right reasons. Things like this shouldn't happen. I'm going to tell you they can't happen, but the sad part, and this is why I was not excited to tell you, it's going to happen. Keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. Fight the good fight when it comes to this kind of stuff. This is wrong on so many levels, and, just, and it's heartbreaking. It really is. It really is. If anybody out there knows anything about this and knows more about it, I would love to hear. If you've had a situation that you've seen and learned from, I mean, please share it with me. I love, I love to talk about it. Again, some of these things are not easy to talk about. It's not easy to talk about my own shortcomings, but you have to. How are you going to get any better? Please share your, share your stories with me. Um, Happy to have them. You can do it through Facebook. You can do it through the website. Just please share your stories. I'm loving them, by the way. Um, and I get so many. And I'm sorry if I miss replying to people, whether it be, you know, I, I forget about messages on Twitter. I'm sorry. And I sometimes I don't know where to find them on Facebook and things. But just keep them coming. I, I promise you, I've, I've had people send me four or five before I finally see it and answer them back or I get so many and it, like especially right after the show but please keep them coming and I promise you at some juncture I read them all I really do so keep them coming I appreciate it all right let's move into some of the some of the better stuff with the sh- the, the better talk on the show um, let's listen to some of our uh, our uh, influencers and, and experts as I as I really appreciate them all it's time now to start with my good friend Kurt McNabb from Dirtbag Baseball Nation as he brings you the rope report each week brought to you by of course our good friends Earl Perrin Chris Verna John Smoltz theropetrainer.com let's hear what Kirk has for us this week. Take it away, pal. Thanks, Jim. Hello, Dirtbags. Welcome back to this week's uh, Rope Report. 
As you'll remember, last week I was talking about the research we've been doing here at Dirt Bay Baseball Nation in regards to the fact that if any player wants to reach his or her ultimate playing level, then they must be taught, trained, and learned how to connect their mind with their body and emotions. I told you at the end that I'd start talking about the phases in which we train our players, coaches, and parents for our younger players here at Dirt Bay Baseball Nation. First off, It doesn't matter whether you start to train with us as a 7-year-old, a 15-year-old, or even as a college-age player. Everybody goes through the process the same. I've been doing this for the last 27 years and know that age and playing experience doesn't mean they are necessarily better because they're older. Most times, it's worse because they're already pre-programmed, which means it takes me longer to reprogram them properly. This is called our initiation phase, and it allows us to introduce our core principles, compound interest, and to build mutual trust between you as a player, a coach, or a player and parent if you're the younger, as well as us in you. This is done in order for you to start learning how to think for yourself on the mental side of the equation. On the physical side of the equation, you will start to learn to feel how your body needs to work while doing baseball-specific activities, as well as respect how you perform when you are in a rested and nourished state versus when your body is fatigued and undernourished. I'll tell you right now, point blank, that there are players, coaches, and parents that struggle with this phase early on because they've just never been trained to think this way, learn this way, or feel this way. They want instant results, and this simply isn't realistic. They believe or confuse the idea of instant results with sustainable results. And that's why, ultimately, they end up failing long-term or when they're on their own without gaining and truly understanding the correct knowledge. You can't gain sustainable success until you know how to mentally think and perform the necessary requirements of the baseball-specific activity. Without actual knowledge and training, your emotions will always unravel when things don't go the way you want them or expect them to. Be honest, we've all been there and know this is true. But when we have total belief and confidence in anything we are doing or about to do, our emotions don't get away on us and our mind doesn't race looking for the right information. Our emotions remain under control. We don't sweat our heart doesn't start racing, and our brain can quickly and confidently find the right information to perform whatever the activity is we're doing at that time. The bottom line is this, Dirtbags. We didn't just create this program because we thought it was needed and sounded good. We know 100% that this type of program is needed, and we're building it based on our own personal experiences as well as from all the the ongoing research and responses we gather from players, coaches, and parents that we work with every day, as well as from our listeners here on The Rope Report, and all our followers on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's from all of you reaching out to us and asking how you can become a part of this training program that we are now in the process of building it into an online opportunity for you to get the exact same mindset training as our face-to-face clients. We want you to know that you're not alone. Again, we want you to know that you're not alone and that we've asked the same questions 
and gone through the same roller coaster of emotions as you have as players, coaches, and parents. We know and respect that every individual learns differently and processes information differently. So we never put a timeline on any of our phases. It's built for you as an individual player, coach, or parent in order to build the absolute best you possible in the end. This is a journey, and you will have good days and challenging days along the way. But you will learn how to navigate your way through not only baseball, but life as well. Remember, this is a 100% confidential program. You realize pretty quickly why Yogi Berra said, it's 90% mental and the other half is physical. As always, I can't thank Earl from the Rope Trainer enough for believing in what we're doing here at Dirtbed Baseball Nation. You all know I believe in the Rope Trainer completely, or else I wouldn't be here talking about it with you every week. It's the perfect throwing training aid out there and should be in your bag, just like your glove, helmet, and cleats. You can use it anywhere and at any time to get warmed up before your practice or a game as a pitcher or a player in general. I personally recommend pitchers use it to also stay warmed up during long innings at your games or use it to help perform your dry mechanics in the bullpen. The rope is fantastic for throwing drills for our younger players or beginners so that they can get the reps in without having to waste time chasing after the wild throws and the list goes on and on as far as the ways you can use the rope. I will say this though, even though we have an actual throwing program here at Dirtbag Baseball Nation, you can use the rope with any throwing program you use and believe in. If you don't already use the rope, then you can get one by going to www.theropetrainer.com. Be sure to use the code DIRTBAG5 at checkout so that they know you heard about it here on the Rope Report. You also know that you can contact me directly by emailing me at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. That's info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. Or on Facebook and Instagram at dirtbagbaseballnation for any questions you have about the rope, throwing, pitching, or our mindset building program, or baseball in general. Until next week, Dirtbags, it's time to get up, get after it, and get dirty. Awesome. Love it. Again, Kirk's, man, one of my favorites. Uh, I I just cannot tell you how lucky the kids are that work with Kurt are to have him in their lives. And again, check him out. He's got a great mental approach to this whole thing. Does it right. Does it for the right reasons. Check him out. Kurt McNabb, Dirtbag Baseball Nation. And of course, a special thanks to all my friends at theropetrainer.com. Uh, another guy that I know does it right. Um I never miss an opportunity to take the the four-hour trip up north to see him when I can. Uh, my son actually asks to go, wants to go, wants to see him, wants to hang out with him. He's an infectious dude. The one thing I can tell you is, again, if you're not following Justin Stone at Elite Baseball, at Elite Baseball, if you're not a member of EliteBaseball.tv, you're doing yourself a disservice. And what I will say to you guys, no doubt about it, okay, if you, this guy travels all over the world, but he definitely travels all over the country and speaks at different clinics. If you ever have the opportunity to see him speak, please do. Him or Travis Kerber, they're infectious, and they will make you want to be better. 
okay? They will make you want to be better. So make sure you check them out. Let's see what they got for us this week on their EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. And, hey, special thanks to them. Um, I, we've had some people, like, send us stuff and messages that I forwarded to them, and they, they answer them. They answer the questions. They, all, my, all my guys do. But we recently had some stuff with Elite Baseball with some practice programs and things like that. And the people that are using EliteBaseball.tv to help them in their journey, setting up practice plans, helping kids, kids helping themselves, parents helping their kids, hitting coaches, all those things, pitching coaches. EliteBaseball.tv, check it out. You won't be sorry. Take it away, boys. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here with EliteBaseball.tv. And today we're going to talk about developing your in-season routine to make sure that our swing mechanics stay up to par after all this time in the off-season building up what we're going to do taking into the year. What I feel like happens all the time is we spend all this time, effort, and money in the off-season getting our swing ready for, the, for the, the regular season. So we're doing lessons, we're of course we're practicing with our teams, and all of a sudden game time comes and we leave that all by the wayside and say, well, we're ready for the games, let's go play. Let's transition into a different phase of what we're thinking about in baseball and softball, and that's just competing. Now, while competing is a different phase, and it definitely needs to be addressed, what is my approach to this pitcher? What am I looking for during my at-bats based on my strengths and weaknesses? We also want to make sure that our mechanics are maintained throughout the year, and that all that time and effort we've spent on building our swing doesn't go away once the season starts. Now, at the beginning of the year, all these mechanics are fresh. We're coming off of our training situation. Hopefully, we've built our best swing, and that's what we're taking into the season with us. But over the period of time, if these drills and body patterns aren't readdressed, if they're not refreshed to the body, eventually, our old swing characteristics, which are just naturally ingrained in our DNA, are starting to come back to the surface once again. And the unfortunate piece of this that I know from training about 5,000 athletes a year, 99.9% of them come in here with a lot of swing flaws. Very rarely, and I won't say ever because there's always an exception, but rarely, if ever, does somebody come in here that has 100% of the body patterns of what we would consider correct and efficient in their swing. So we all have little miscues that we try to keep dormant through our drill work. In the off-season, hopefully we've done that. But over that period of two or three weeks now that we're competing and we're no longer refreshing ourselves with these drills, those bad swing flaws, those habits that we carry with us in our DNA are gonna come back. And that's when the dreaded slump comes in. And the parent gets very stressed out, the child is upset, and they run to their hitting instructor and say, fix me, I'm broken. When in reality, all of this could have been alleviated with a very short amount of drill time that you can do on your off days or even prior to a game. So what I tell players to do in their in-season routine is take the greatest hits version of what you feel like you do during the off-season that can refresh the body to keep those improper patterns dormant. So you might have two or three go-to drills that really feel good for you and develop the swing pattern that you're looking for I don't have time, 15 or 20 minutes before a game, to do any complete lesson of C work, maybe some dry work, front toss and batting practice. But what we can do is shorten those rep schemes in the time and still hit all those drills. Rather than spending five or 10 minutes on a drill 
we might do five or ten reps. It just takes a minute or two. It's more important to refresh the body and the mind often than it is doing something one day a week on a, a very long time period. What I mean by that is you would get a lot more out of these body patterns and drills by just doing them five minutes every day, every other day, before a practice, before a game, and even doing those patterns dry, then you will ever get a saying, well, I'm gonna do a refresher lesson with my instructor one day a week. We have Mondays that are normally off days. I'm gonna hit that instructor for one hour once a week. And then the rest of the week, I'm just gonna compete and play. It doesn't work that way. Especially with the younger athletes, we have so many new muscle cells in the body that every day just from growing, we need to refresh the brain, sending those signals to the body more often in short bursts of time than we do over a long period of time less often. So what this means is you can keep your swing in tip-shaped form of what we are doing in the off-season by just five, seven, up to 10 minutes of work every other day, introducing it right before a game will keep it fresh for the mind, right before a practice, but that's the way to develop your in-season routine. Take the two or three greatest hits versions of your drills and do them in very short bursts for five to 10 reps. And I guarantee you at that point, you're gonna have a lot better longevity of those good swing mechanics taking place over a longer period of time before you feel like, hey, we have some negative things that are starting to come back to the surface and I've got to run and spend money with my instructor once again. So that's something that you can do on your own. Develop your routine, talk about it, and then execute it before your games and practices. Until next time, this is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv. Come check us out, free for 48 hours. Come see us and get all those drills specific for your swing and check it out today. Until next time, we'll see you on the field. Again, just great stuff, and I can't thank them enough. That's our EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. If you don't have EliteBaseball.tv and you're not utilizing it, you're doing yourself a disservice. Check it out. It's going to do it for us this week here at Youth Baseball Talk. Remind you one last time, you can find us on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Find us on Facebook. That's our big-ass folks. Youth Baseball Talk. Like the page. Invite your friends to like it. Instagram, Youth Baseball Talk. You can find us in the lineup, media.fm group. Uh, home of Yo Radio. Make sure you check that out as well. Special thanks to Brian Crock, Andrew Allen, our producers, youthbaseballtalk.com. Netflix us up, folks. Listen to all the past episodes. There's something in there for all of you, I promise you. Um, again, special thanks to all my, my, my sponsors, ropetrainer.com, uh, precisionimpact.ca, uh, of course, elitebaseball.tv, my good friend Kurt McNabb at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Very lucky, very fortunate to be involved in this game, very fortunate to be surrounded by tremendous people that are doing this for the right reasons. Um, none of us are perfect folks, but you got to look at yourself in the mirror sometimes and start asking some tough questions, and that's what I'm asking you to do here. Uh, for all of us here at Youth Baseball Talk, I leave you with a see you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at podcastbaseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.